Good morning, and welcome to this first Friday of the month of January, and also the first Friday of this new year. This is the Sacred Heart Hour coming to you live from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father, and blessed Christmas and New Year's. We not only get to offer a, a greeting of New Year's to everyone who's listening this hour on this day, but we also get to invite all of them to continue to live and celebrate the Christmas season with all of us. As we enter into this first Friday hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we pray the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So are you guys recovering? Yes, we're, we're no, I'm with such excitement. She I'm says still that. celebrating, <laughs> Father. I That's take good. that Christmas season very seriously. <laughs> Wonderful, awesome. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> After all the Christmas masses and the holy day, it was beautiful. It. It's gorgeous, uh, but all the excitement you have right now, pure Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know grace, grace builds on nature, but my nature is very tired. So. And you deserve <laughs> well, to this be is tired. The sacred heart out. That's true. That's and, true. Um, for those just tuning in, uh, they might be saying, "What is this? What is the devotion to the Sacred Heart?" And I'm really excited about today in the program, Father because we get into the holy name of Jesus, which brings us to the Sacred Heart. But for those listening, in 1673 to 1675, St. Margaret Mary um, was blessed uh, with our Lord appearing to her, and he requested directly uh, that we enthrone his Sacred Heart into homes and facilities. And Father, how how do you see that enthroning? I think people, number one, what does enthronement mean? Well, to enthrone means to acknowledge that Jesus is king. It's to accept him as brother, as a part of the family, and then to realize he's accompanying us as our friend through life. And, uh, you know, whenever we highlight the power of the Sacred Heart, we throw out these key years, you know, like the 1670s. And people are like, oh, gosh, that was so far back. Mm. Oh, it's 2020. Mm. You know, we finally get to say that now. 2020. I like that. Uh, unless you write it, you know, and then you forget it's still 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in truth, the Sacred Heart devotion doesn't begin. Uh, it doesn't begin in the 1670s. It actually it begins in the Father's love for all of us. Like when he creates, you know, he spoke the word, the beginning of John's gospel. That's where the, that's where the sacred heart starts to become known. It's not when it begins. The sacred heart has always been the heart of Jesus, you know, the reality of Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. But it's when creation starts, that's when we have an opportunity to acknowledge the heart of God, the heart of Jesus. Uh, of course, there's certain like peaks, you know, when we get to know the heart in more detail as the Lord reveals it, uh, his heart to us. And of course, the 1670s when he was visiting St. Margaret Mary, that, that was really powerful. But you know, the actual reality of uh, going through this act of dedication and consecration and what we call the enthronement 
that doesn't really pick up steam until the 1800s when the human family, the family is under attack because of the change in culture when both mother and father are now pulled away from the home and prayer life in the family home starts to disintegrate. And that attachment, that acknowledgement that God first came to us through the family disappears that's when you have this beautiful priest named Father Mateo who's like, no, we need to go back to making sure that God is at the center of humanity. God is at the center of the human home. God is at the center of family life. And Father Mateo is belonging to a congregation of priests dedicated to the Sacred Heart. So he already has this great treasure in his life, the Sacred Heart, and he sees that the Sacred Heart isn't just limited to a few priests or to an order or even to a particular time. The Sacred Heart of Jesus is meant for everyone And so he, with the blessing of the Holy Fathers, uh, then on down to the present moment, uh, he promotes the enthronement, which is basically an opportunity for every disciple of Jesus to once again acknowledge that Jesus is king, to accept him as brother, and then to be liberated by the truth that he accompanies us as our friend. I mean, he literally walks through life with us, God in the flesh. And Father, isn't that similar to what you did at St. Michael in the early days of wanting to help families and wanting as a young priest to, and haven't you seen the effect of that over the years of having really, you know, embraced that devotion? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me personally, I grew up with the Sacred Heart in family Mm -hmm. homes, uh, whether it was my grandparents, I think even in my own home uh, when we lived on the North Side. But it wasn't until I was in seminary at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, and I just happened to be going through the mail room. And off of the mail room, we had this room called Minocchio Mart. It was named after one of the previous priests on staff. And it was basically a place where guys would leave things they no longer needed, and then guys who were looking for something might find what they were looking for and wanted. And I was going through the mail room, and I just happened to find, out of the corner of my eye, uh, of course, as I thought then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this little red booklet and it had been discarded. It was in the trash can. And it, I mean, this poor little thing, it looked tattered, ripped, broken, but it had the Sacred Heart on the front of it. So I looked at this little red booklet and I saw the sacred, the image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I was like, oh, I, I can't, I just can't leave it in the trash. It, it's just, it's just not right. But I didn't open it, you know, <laughs> so I took it back. Well, shortly after that, I was called back to the diocese, was ordained a priest, uh, and then was sent to St. Michael's in Worthington. And Almost immediately after being sent there, uh, I remember it was a young married couple showed up in the office and they wanted to see the parish priest. Uh, the pastor had just left uh, for some time away. So I, I, the oil of ordination was literally was still you, wet. It was you, Father. Yeah. Oh, goody. You know, there's four people. <laughs> so, new priest. Or you know. people. And so we were talking and they, I'll never forget it. They wanted my permission. They wanted my blessing to get divorced. They'd only been married, not even, I think, not even two years. And I said, no, I'm new, but I'm I'm not that new. I know (laughs) that's not something I can bless. And, um, but then it really came to light. There was no prayer in the home. There was no Uh prayer in their marriage. There was no communication in their marriage. Uh, There was just so much brokenness. And something in my gut said, well, you know, you have to give them something. You have to, you can't let them leave your office empty handed. So while I'm, you know, listening and talking, and I was just like, well, what am I supposed to give him? What am I supposed to give him? I was like, oh, yeah, there's that tattered little red booklet <laughs> that's got nine days of prayer, you know? And I, I offered it to him, and I said, why don't we pray this together? 
um, and we'll make this journey together. We'll, you know, acknowledge Jesus as king, brother, and friend. And, you know, I'm not going to give anyone any kind of false impression. It wasn't smooth sailing after mm-hmm. that. But what the Lord did do through their commitment to at least do nine days of prayer, he got them talking again. Mm-hmm. And through the talking with one another, then they were able to realize they had been praying to one another, mm-hmm. not praying for one another. And interesting point. Their Father. marriage is saved, you know, and now they're, um, they're good friends of mine and uh, open to life. They have little ones. Um, and every now and then we'll see each other, usually at a Congress of the Sacred Heart or through an email or whatnot. And we always laugh about, mm. you know, I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and they thought they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> but the Lord worked. And uh, it really came down to, once again, the importance of family. He really accompanied the them through yeah, that and entered struggle into and the, pain. Yeah, absolutely. He was there. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing for all of our listeners. The Lord is already with you. Yeah. It's just, do we acknowledge his presence? And, you know, like today's the first Friday. The first Friday of every month is set aside to acknowledging his presence in his heart and then making reparation for those moments when we don't acknowledge him. But today... Uh, on this first Friday of January, today on the calendar, we also have the celebration of the Feast of the Most Holy Name. Oh, yeah. So when you think of the power, all you have to do is invoke his name, and his presence is acknowledged by you. Just by invoking his name, his presence is there. Well, Father, you mentioned to us earlier this week that uh, we we have both the shepherds. Right. And then we have the wise men. That's right. And yeah. they come to Jesus. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But the Sacred Heart you mentioned, comes to us. Right. Well, and is that beautiful, that powerful quote from uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who, man, if anyone had a gift for words, oh, it was he, him. Oh. And he has that beautiful quote about Christmas. He said, you know, uh, the shepherds knew that they didn't know anything. The three wise men, the three kings, they knew that they didn't know everything. And the angels brought them both. And the shepherds were the ones who were really the first messengers to the people of Bethlehem that the Christ was born. Uh, But as we were talking and preparing, you know, that meditation came to mind. It's like the three kings had to journey to Jesus. But it was not an easy journey. No way. But in our own time, Jesus makes the journey into our homes. You know, they had to make a journey to him where he was to be found. But he comes and finds us. So it's like, and you know, it doesn't matter if you're in your car, if you're sitting in your cubicle at work, if you're at your desk, if you're working out, if you're at home, uh, you know, the Lord has found you. He's not asking you to journey to him. He's made the journey to you. And it's probably a good time to say the missionaries yes. will come to you and bring everything that you need. You, right. People say, well, what do I, how do I need to prepare just open your door. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we're talking about, for those that are listening, you can always go to the website, com, com, or you can go to sacredheartcolumbus.org, or call in this morning at 614-459-4820, and you can register And I know we have a lot of exciting programs coming up in our diocese for other buildings outside of the home, schools, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But the one thought I have for people that are listening, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. (laughs) And I think as we talk about New Year's resolution, before we do, 
We got to give a plug, Joanne, yeah? for the women's conference. Oh, the women's conference! <laughs> I think it's going to be well. We always say the best ever. We say that every That's year, it is. and we believe every year <laughs> it was the true. best ever. But just really quickly, it will be February fifteenth, Saturday, and once again, uh, three thousand women will gather. There will be many organizations present. So you can find out other helps for your family life and for yourself. A little shopping, (laughs) (laughs) beautiful religious items to purchase. But quickly, the speakers will be Father Calloway, who is a Marianist. Many of you, uh, incredibly popular. Oh yes, and people do know. Some people know the lucky ones his story, and to hear it again. Father Ubald is from Rwanda, and you might remember when we had Immaculate. Well, Father Ubald was also there during the time of the Rwandan genocide and lost several of his prisoners and family life. He's going to have a powerful message. Sister Miriam James, she was a really prominent athlete with a tremendous future ahead as far as her athletic ability and was called to the convent and called to religious life. I have heard her a little bit. She's awesome. And then we have Michelle Fanley and Emily Jaminette. And we've been, you know, hearing for years, people wanting to hear them more as their now fourth book is out for publication. So they'll have another important message and local. And then, of course, I wouldn't say the star, but (laughs) our star is uh, Bishop Brennan. And we're so pleased and thankful that Bishop Brennan will be there as a celebrant. And you can go on ColumbusCatholicWomen.com or go to St. Gabriel Radio.com to register. We have an early bird special. Up uh, until I like those early birds. January specials. 20th. So now's a great time to register and save a little money. Always and, looking to save you money, honey. And following <laughs> following the Women's Conference on February 15th. There's like an the exchange of brownie conference. points going on in here. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm not sure it's saving money. But it's redirecting we, we it. Right? Get into that. But anyway, the men's conference is coming up February 22nd. It's a week later. It's going to be the 23rd annual Catholic Men's Conference. And the theme this year is Catholic Men of God Building Virtue. Uh, With the women, it's going to be at the Columbus Expo Center, Kasich Hall. And again, we have wonderful speakers. We start with adoration. Uh, We go into our first, after welcoming our first speaker, Jason Everett. Uh, which everybody knows, and if you don't need to hear uh, Jason, he has a great message uh, for the men and the young men of our diocese. Uh, We're going to be blessed with a talk by Bishop Robert Brennan, and um, we really look forward to our bishop. Really, first time he'll be attending the Women's and Men's Conference, Um, and then we get into a break, and we have... Like the women, we have organizations, we have reconciliation with 60 priests at lunch, and then we'll end up with Luke Fickle, 
and he's going to be in much better spirits Ooh. because they won yesterday. <laughs> and uh, we were uh, hoping that they would. So he's had a great year with University of Cincinnati as the head coach. And he's got a wonderful message for men and for their families. And um, and then we'll have Mass at the end with Bishop Brennan. Again, it's early bird special till January 20th. And they'll be promoting it on St. Gabriel Radio. Again, it's ST gabrielradio.com or you can go on catholicmensministry.com both conferences and i think father as we talk about both i know you really see the benefit of both conferences and how it's helping your parishioners oh yeah totally i mean you can definitely tell the difference just in someone's life when you know they have not gone to the conference and then when they start to go Hmm. it's uh it's one thing to learn about something, quite another to actually be there in, in person. But I mean, I, for lack of better terms or lack of better words, I mean, there is literally a charge in the air mm. at both. When you have that many people who love the Lord, who want to know more about the Lord coming together to not only praise him in Holy Mass and adore him in adoration, but also to trust in his mercy and by going to confession. And it's a powerful, beautiful opportunity to prepare for Lent and then, of course, the great High Holy Days of Easter by making a good confession. The As a priest, it is absolutely encouraging to see hmm. the line for hmm. confession. My goodness, it's incredible um, at both the women's conference and a week later at the men's. And it's just it's something that's very good for our Christian humanity. I mean, it's just incredibly good to realize Okay, I'm not alone. My parish isn't the only parish. My community isn't the only community. The church is strong. And uh I refuse to go along with those who are like, well, the church is dying. Well, she's, you know, she's disappearing. It's like I you go to the men's conference, you go to the women's conference, I wouldn't say the church is dying, you know? And, and you these know, people Father, are alive. I've been re-energized, really. Yes. I think made yeah. holier. Right. But I also during the men's conference, I make that my day also. And we're so grateful that St. Gabriel Catholic Radio broadcasts both conferences live. It's not the same as being there. It's not a replacement, but it is a tremendous gift that I I take that as a day of reflection. And I'm hoping the men do the same at the women's conference. And I've seen you try to sneak into the men's conference multiple <laughs> years, Joanne. There was one year. <laughs> so I'm hoping this year that. you'll just surrender. <laughs> so also, for those that are listening, and I've heard this before, well, I've attended. I don't need to go back. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. No. You need to go back because the Lord is not done working with you, first right. of all. <laughs> yeah. And this is a great way every year, if you're unable to go on a retreat, this is a great way to enter into a day retreat. Yes. Where there's adoration. Even to be energized with the numbers. Well, and our bishop, I mean, but this is Bishop Brennan's first time at both conferences. You're actually going to get to hear from the bishop himself. And without a doubt, he's going to share his love for the Lord, his excitement, his zeal for the gospel. But also, I have a feeling, you know, you're going to get a great taste of his vision for the church and where he wants to see the diocese go. And I mean, I'm confident in saying that when the bishop goes to the women's conference and then a week later the men's conference, I mean, he's just going to be excited beyond measure. I think it'll be a boost for him. Oh, huge. It'll be incredible. And, uh, you know, and we hear that a lot. And we hear it 
about anything and everything. Oh, one and done. I've done there. I've, mm-hmm. I've gone there. I've done that. No, the men's conference, the women's conference, That's you can't put that in that category. It's a new year. It's a different year. And the time of it's year is It's a different conference. Yeah. I mean, it's everything comes together and it everything's very anointed by the Holy Spirit. And, and we truly have a partnership here with St. Gabriel Radio, oh, right. as we Joanne love mentioned. St. Gabriel. Um, going live for yep. both conferences, the men's and women's conference, covering the... The genders of men and women and helping them. So the the objective is that when we go back into our vocations, particularly those that are married, to go back, there'll be a new reverence, a new virtue, a new kindness taking place in the family, recognizing the answer is the Eucharist. So, Father, maybe at this point we talk about New Year's resolution. And uh, here's I have some... to make a resolution to have a resolution. <laughs> I don't, it's just That's not my not thing. My <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> here's some things we've thrown out for our listeners today. And, and I'll take the first and Joanna second. We'll go back and forth. But we're saying, Father, and maybe you can add to this. Start your day with the Sacred Heart morning offering and the Sacred Heart prayer. Families praying together. How important is that, Father? Well, it's what sustains life. It's what allows for there to be mercy and forgiveness. It allows there to be hope and joy. I mean, without prayer, we're just uh, vehicles running on an empty gas tank. Prayer is what sustains the engine. Prayer is what sustains the soul. Prayer is what allows us to not only accept God's mercy and forgiveness, but then to, in turn, be merciful and forgiving towards others. The prayer. I mean, it's of incredible importance. And I mean, imagine, well, you don't, we don't have to imagine. We know what it's like living in a home where the sacred heart is not uh, attended to and acknowledged. You know, we've all been there. We've all done that. It might have been our own home. Exactly. And we can have the sacred heart of Jesus in our home, but in our hearts, we have not allowed him to enter. You know, so the missionaries of the Sacred Heart, the enthronement of the uh, Sacred Heart, this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart is focused on bringing the heart of Jesus into your home by opening that door and committing to the enthronement. But at the same time, the greater goal here is to bring the Sacred Heart of Jesus into our hearts, not just our homes, but our hearts. And we probably have printed how many thousands of that prayer? 50,000 plus. And so they're out there everywhere, even globally. But, you know, I really recommend memorizing that prayer. It's And because when you pray that morning offering, you also think about your day and committed to the Lord. And many times your your schedule will change. And you unite yourself to the Mass. Oh, absolutely. It is the Eucharist. Prayer can can start in the morning. Mm -hmm. You can, uh, at noontime, break for prayer, and particularly in the evening, have a prayer with the family, pray a decade of the rosary, um, pray the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be. But I think what we're what we're trying to help Just you with do it. as we start the new year mm. is start it with prayer, a more prayerful family. And Joanne, why don't you touch number two? Uh, number two is tenderize your hearts by small acts of love, kindness, and mercy to others. And I think sometimes, you know, holiness can seem like, oh, gee, I'm so far away from that. Mm -hmm. It's like a mountain looking up and saying, there is no way I'm going to climb that mountain. Well, you know, small acts. Yeah. Just just really step out of yourself 
and the Lord will give you the Holy Spirit will give you opportunities for that kindness. I don't I don't really think you have to look for them. I think they come to you. Yes. <laughs> and um but even, you know, little things like acknowledging the person who might be waiting on you or servicing you at the dry cleaners or the fast food window or just, you know, truly acknowledging a person for the dignity that they also are a child of God. That's something I've been working on. And uh, people are surprised sometimes that you're taking time to acknowledge them. And maybe, Father, talk about how the sacred heart tenderizes Ah. our hearts Mm. for kindness, because that's what we need is to enthrone our home for our hearts to change. You know, there is a a beautiful, uh, beautiful soul, a young man. He entered the church on Christmas Day. He was baptized and confirmed on Christmas Day. In your parish? In, yeah, Holy Family. Oh. He's away at school. He's been wow. doing RCIA for almost a year, one-on-one. And uh, a beautiful soul, beautiful young man. And he asked this question. He's like, Father, um, I have some friends who uh, I love dearly, but their lifestyle is just the exact opposite of what I'm going to be living as a Christian. And... Uh, do I have to give up on them? Do I have to back away from them? Do I have to stop being a friend? And I said, well, here's the thing. The closer and closer you draw to Jesus, the more and more you're going to love people the way he loves them. Mm. And he's tenderizing your heart. The closer Mm -hmm. and closer you draw close to Jesus in his heart, the more and more you're going to love people the way he loves them. But you'll find that even though you will always love those friends, you will always love your family members, if they are so far from the Lord, sometimes it becomes so painful for you to love them when they can't love themselves, and they mm-hmm. won't love themselves. Will your love for them, will your friendship cease? No. Will it change? Yes. Because as the Lord is opening your heart to his love for people, you're going to start loving people the way he loves them. And that then you start to share in really the Lord's heart and the Lord's experience, which is, I love someone who won't love themselves. And your your heart's literally been tenderized by the Lord's sacred heart. And then you start to realize the sorrow in his heart. Mm. You're like, Lord, you love us so much, and yet we will not love mm. ourselves. And then if we don't love ourselves, you know, we don't love you. Mm. Um, and this young man, he just sat back, and you could really tell that uh, it was a painful message, but it was a liberating one. Mm. He's like, I'm still going to be fr- I'm going to be their friend. I'm going to love them. They've been with me in life. But at the same time, to realize... I have, I'm being called by the Lord to love them as he loves them. And that might actually mean I have to become distant from them because they do not, mm-hmm. they will not. It's not that they can't. It's they've made a choice to not love themselves because they will not accept the Lord. And that's a good point because sometimes we do have to distance ourselves. Sure. In, yeah. in a loving way, at least for And we still carry the them moment. in our hearts. We still yeah. love them. We still carry them in our hearts. But you realize... The Lord is asking me to love as he loves. And that's what that tenderizing is. Right. And when one door closes, we know, Father, another door opens. Number three, transforming. We're talking about New Year's resolutions. Transforming our hearts by more frequent reception of the heart of Jesus, which is the Eucharist and the monthly confessions, Father. Well, this dovetails with the promises of our Lord, you know, not only uh, to fulfill and satisfy the uh, beautiful opportunity to go to Mass every Sunday and to be in a state of grace uh, by making regular confession, but also to pay attention to the First Friday, 
devotion this day. Every Friday is dedicated to the passion of our Lord, but the first Friday of the month is dedicated towards his heart, not just the passion, not just the crucifixion, but his heart and making an act of reparation to his heart. You know, not just all the Fridays we think about what he's done for us, but on the first Friday we get to think about what we can do for him, his heart. And to receive our Lord in Holy Communion in a state of grace, one more beautiful gift. And then to offer those graces up in union for the suffering of his heart. He has loved me even when I have not loved me. So I'm going to make an act of reparation. You know, Father, when I decided, Chuck and I, to try to remake, you know, make the first Fridays and first Saturdays, and then something would happen, you know, we were kind of clocking it out, numbering it. And then something would happen where we would miss one. Oh, no, we have to start over. And and, uh, our Lord is so patient with us as we are trying to give him the least. I'm going to make the first Fridays and and then I'm going to be like one and done. I'm going, (laughs) you know. And But then what happens is you get in the habit of going to reconciliation every month. Right. And now... You know, we just, it's a priority. And, uh, you know, if we have to miss, which I can't even remember the last time we met, it's no big deal because this is the rest of our lives. Right. Because we have now experienced the grace Mm -hmm. that comes from First Fridays, First Saturdays. But in the beginning, just get your calendar out and make (laughs) sure. (laughs) Put a check mark. (laughs) Let's go to number four, Joanne. Oh, number four. Oh, I like number four. (laughs) Add to your home. Holy reminders of the sacred heart. And, you know, I will just say the missionaries, we bring beautiful prints of the sacred heart and the Immaculate Heart of Mary framed, ready for your own personal shrine. But I, we have found that really we want the image of our sacred heart in other places of our home as well, because holy reminders, as Mother Angelica always referred to them is important. And when you see, when you see that in your bedroom or in your family room or kitchen, it it really does bring to mind our Lord and by the television, especially by the television, have an image of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Well, maybe father, the fifth one, I know we have to close for this segment, but the fifth one, if you haven't enthroned your home, Hopefully, we've given you some things to think about in thrown your home. Yeah, just do it. If you haven't thrown your home, get back to morning prayer. Get back to praying with the family and renew your enthronement. And just go out and invite others. Right. And I think that's the key is everybody today needs Jesus. And set aside a particular date this year to Mm. renew to renew the you know the covenant you've made with the Sacred Heart in your home. As we bring this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio to a close, we turn to the Lord's Sacred Heart, and we're ever mindful uh, that today is not only the First Friday, but also the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Jesus. And just think about how we invoke his name in prayer, not only in this prayer, but throughout the day. O Most Holy Heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, And with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, 
assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of holy death. Amen. 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 Catholic monasteries are centered around a rhythm of life they call ora et labora, prayer and work, and they keep a strict schedule to preserve that rhythm. If a monk is writing a book and the monastery bell rings for prayer, he'll drop his pen mid-sentence and go to prayer. It's a poverty of spirit with time. Lord, my moments aren't mine, they're yours. You know, that same poverty is in your life. When the kid cries for a diaper change, that's your monastery bell. When it's time to pause and pray, stop thinking about what you gotta do next. It's always gonna be there. Just pray. You gotta work overtime? Do it. Whining doesn't change a thing. When it's time to go home, drop that pen mid-sentence, stop checking your email, and focus on your family. You're in a schedule you can't fully control, but when you get intentional about focusing on where you are, offering each moment to God as it comes, you still face the daily grind like anyone else, but unlike anyone else. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. One year after I graduated Catholic High School, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ who gave the authority to Peter and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into the second second, <laughs> second segment of this hour, we invite you to join us in prayer as we celebrate the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Jesus, as well as the first Friday of the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. Let us pray. O God, who founded the salvation of the human race on the incarnation of your word, give your peoples the mercy they implore so that all may know there is no other name to be invoked but the name of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now what our listeners don't know is that in between segments, we have this very brief review period. You know, we're we're graded on the first one and we're told our expectations for the next segment. And so we just got chastised for not having mentioned a Franciscan. But this is a perfect opportunity to mention how the Franciscans work their way into everything in the life of the church. Because today's feast of the Most Holy Name was really made popular by the preaching of St. Bernardine of Siena. Ah. Okay, so that was not planned, but did that get me off the hook, Dave? Okay, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> so, but St. Bernardine of Siena preached a restoration of sanctity and reverence and respect for the most holy name of our Lord. In fact, what's beautiful is in the Hail Mary prayer, think of how many times we say the Hail Mary prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's where the prayer stopped. 
the name Jesus was added as a result of the preaching and teaching at the time of Bernadine of Siena. And it was so that we would tie together the name of the Lord with the fruit of the womb of Jesus, uh, the fruit of the womb of Mary. Jesus is from Our Lady, of Our Lady, um, born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so Bernadine of Siena was preaching this restoration for the sanctity, that respect, and that holy acknowledgement of the power of the name. And today, uh, on this January 3rd, but also the first Friday of the month, we have this beautiful dovetail, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and also an acknowledgement of the power of his heart. And we all know, unfortunately, uh, we all know uh, just how common it is now to hear the name of our Lord taken in vain. Uh, but the reason why that is so grave, the reason why that's such an insult, is not just because it's the name of the Lord, the Most High, our King, our brother and our friend. It's not just the name of he who offers his heart to us and enthrone, you know, makes his heart present in our homes and we enthrone. But it's also because, uh, like the catechism, catechism says, it's the name that actually communicates the presence. When you invoke the name Jesus, you are acknowledging his presence that has just been communicated to you in his name in a different sense than the presence we receive in Holy Communion. So there's something more involved. Way more, totally yeah. more. That's why you know we, we lower our heads at the name of the Lord's name, Jesus. And we also lower our heads at the name of the Blessed Virgin, Mary. And then as common practices, like in the Mass, if you see the priest lowering his head, it's usually the name of our Lord, the name of Our Lady, or the name of the saint of the day. The Church uh, commends her priests to lower their heads whenever those three names are mentioned. The name of our Lord, the name of Our Lady, or the name of the saint who's being celebrated that day. Isn't it interesting that you never hear someone taking the name of Buddha or Mohammed in vain? Yeah. You know, out of anger. Sure. You know, and it's, isn't that interesting? And sometimes when I have heard our Lord's name taken in vain, I have said, praise the name of Jesus. Right. And, you know, when you offer an ejaculation of praise in the presence of someone who's just taken the name of the Lord in vain, there is a real awareness there that this isn't just a slip of the tongue. This isn't just, this is... It's almost like a teeter-totter. You're trying to do reparation. Exactly, right? They're in the moment. You're trying to, Mm -hmm. once again, acknowledge the presence Mm -hmm. of the one whose name has just been abused. It's shocking to the person who has taken it in vain. I think one of the questions maybe our listeners have is, why do I need to kneel when I come in the church or to bow my head? And the scripture says, every knee shall bend. You mean genuflect? Yeah. And genuflect. Well, we have all of these different uh, postures and positions and acts of reverence. And the whole idea of entering into a church, finding the tabernacle, which mm-hmm. in and of itself is a very sad state of affairs that I have to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't have to find the tabernacle when you enter in a Catholic church. Our Lord is supposed to be front and center. Um, if he's not at the center of the church, who is? And if he's mm-hmm. not, why? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where we're at today. You know, so you go into the church, you have to find our Lord, the tabernacle. We genuflect on our right knee because that was the practice of acknowledging the divinity of the king. But for us Christians, uh, our king is divine, but he's Jesus. 
He's not a ruler. What He's not a temporal if you're ruler. Old and they have a bad back. That's where the church a lot. She asks that you still commit an act of reverence. So if you're not able to genuflect because of age or infirmity or injury, it's getting then you up may, is the problem. <laughs> you make a profound bow. Yes, I, I have heard that going down is not the problem. It's getting back up. That's the problem. You know. So it's just that you make a profound bow, which is at the waist. You know, you acknowledge that. But like, I mean, I've had these conversations with, with, uh, members of all different states of life. You know, it's like, now, if we can genuflect, we really need to, because that's acknowledging that he is king. He's higher than a, an earthly ruler. He's higher than an elected official. He is the Lord. He's king. So we take a right knee, uh, to the Lord. And, you know, and then lowering our head, you know, the head holds what? The brain. The brain is where we, you know, people tend to say, well, that's where the intellect is located. Well, when you lower your head, it's a, an incredible act of humility. I do not know everything as compared to the knowledge of the Most High, the great God. He who's revealed himself, he who is Jesus. And once again, go back to the three kings. You know, we're going to be celebrating them here in a couple of days. The three magi, the three wise men, the three kings. Remember what Fulton Sheen said. The shepherds knew that they didn't know anything. But the three kings knew that they didn't know everything. And that's incredibly powerful. They oh, were wise. That's beautiful fun. They knew a lot, but they had the humility to know they didn't know everything. I never connected with the bowing of the head and the brain. And, you know, I think so, more I have and a more. Headache. <laughs> we talk about way too much. But the more we understand. You know, as Catholics, especially cradle Catholics, sure. I think our converts are so much better of going, you know, searching for the meaning. Oh, absolutely. And why. Right. Absolutely. But you appreciate it so much yeah. more. And there's always a reason. Yes. Yeah. And actually the questions posed by those who are interested in learning about the Catholic mm-hmm. faith or thinking about entering, the, their questions are actually what breathes new life into the rest of us. Absolutely. Because it's like, well, I've always done that. Why do we do that? Yeah. It's like the triple anointing we do before the gospel, the mm-hmm. little cross on the forehead, the lips and over the chest. It's like, well, why do you do that, Father? Uh... Because we've always done it that way. No, that's not a good enough answer. It's because we're uniting ourselves to the priest who's about to proclaim the word of God, the very words that God himself spoke, the words of Jesus. And it's like with the little cross on the forehead, Lord, be on my mind. With the little cross over over our lips, Lord, be on my lips. The little cross over the heart, Lord, be in my heart. Be, you know, in my mind, on my lips and in my heart so that I may not only receive your words, live your words, but also share your words. And that little anointing means so much, and it also makes us stand out, if you think about it. You know, when you hear the gospel, Catholics, we can't hide. We just can't hide. We don't <laughs> want to hide. We've got gestures, you know, everything. <laughs> Even if out of habit, you know. But there's all the, there's it's so much. And those who are interested in the faith right now, especially like those who are going through RCIA right now, you know, they're looking forward towards Easter, you know, especially to you, you know, this is a beautiful opportunity to consider learning more about the Sacred Heart because your questions do not originate in you. Your questions come from the Holy Spirit so that you may learn and everyone around you may learn. So start asking those questions about the Sacred Heart. Call into St. Gabriel Radio. Well, Father, you mentioned the Epiphany is coming, and I know there's a tie-in to 12 days. Sure. So help our listeners understand we're still in the Christmas season. We are, and that's so incredibly important. You know, I know everyone, a lot of people pop their trees up after Thanksgiving, partly because they want to celebrate, they want to have the joy of the season, partly because they know it takes time, uh, and that's all good. But remember, that's not the Christmas season. That's Advent. 
Christmas season begins with Christmas Day, so it's we're the in the season. It's the gear up. It was gearing up, but it's not Christmas. <laughs> I'm right. You know, so and I think it's important for us to keep in mind, like we're in Christmas right now. So you can say Merry Christmas every day right now. You know, and everyone's gonna look at you oddly. But what a beautiful way to proclaim the gospel. Merry Christmas. Well, no, that was a couple of days ago, Father. Nope, not actually. It's the season. You know, and remember, every day is a little Christmas and every Sunday is a little Easter. We're just called to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And, you know, we can decorate, but it's like, okay, now we're coming around the corner. We just had the close of the octave with January 1st, Mary, Mother of God. Now we're coming to the close of the 12 days of Christmas, which the 12 days of Christmas were a powerful way that Catholics who were being persecuted for their faith would teach the different articles of the creed. You know, they would highlight the I power. I that you know, on and, the first day of Christmas. Right. Was that sort of a code? Exactly, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, that's that hymn uh, is a code for passing on the richness of the faith. And a little thing, you know, you drive through your neighborhoods and you see the windows and they all have those beautiful little candles, you know, they, like each window mm-hmm. have a candle. Well, that too is a custom so that the priests who are being persecuted would know where the Catholics lived and they would know where they could seek mm-hmm. refuge and not only spend the night, but where they could also offer Holy Mass. And now that beautiful custom has come down in Christmas season. A lot of people put the little candles in the window, but we don't know. It's like, well, mm. the priest is another Christ. And mm-hmm. as the priest is traveling, Christ is traveling, and he wants to know where his home is, where he can be at rest. Mm. And that's the beauty of the sacred heart, right? We're supposed to create another place where Jesus can be at rest, another Bethany. So every time you see that candle in someone's window at Christmas mm. time, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know if that person realizes it or not in that declaration, but they're acknowledging, I want my home to be another Bethany. I want my home to be a place for the heart to be at rest. Well, I'm going to add candles to my decorations next Chuck, year. don't next blame year. me. <laughs> so, Father, we get through the Epiphany, the 12 days, then we get into the baptism. A beautiful, beautiful feast, which actually liturgically brings to a close the Christmas season, the celebration of the baptism of the Lord. It takes us from his birth through the hidden years, through the childhood and whatnot, and liturgically brings us to the close of the Christmas season. So that's when you'll see Father at Mass, uh, and if there's a deacon there, they will. Uh, that'll be the last time they'll wear the white or the gold vestments of the Christmas season, and then the next week they'll go into the green for ordinary time. Yeah, but that's the liturgical like the celebration of Mass, that's the close of the Christmas season there. But I thought it was the baptism of the Lord. That is. Oh, you're, it is the baptism. The baptism of the Lord, liturgically. Oh, culturally. Okay, January 12th. Yeah, culturally, like in the homes, uh, if you've got like, uh, you know, your family roots go back to Europe, when, uh, a lot of times, culturally speaking, the Christmas season will go on until the February 2nd, the presentation that's of the Lord. That's what I was thinking, yeah. the presentation. And that's like a lot of times, you know, for a lot of people who have like a live Christmas tree, mm-hmm. well, that poor thing can't hold on to its needles forever, <laughs> you know? But the Christmas crush, the manger, uh-huh. the crib, that can stay up till February 2nd. And then there's that beautiful custom of you take the baby Jesus from the crib to the church and have the priest bless it so that you, but you have it blessed before you put it away for the year. Oh, um, I love that. You know, and it's all these little customs, they add so much to the family mm-hmm. life, to the family tradition, you know, and it's really beautiful, you know. So you go back in time. It's like, okay, we have Thanksgiving. The whole family gets together. And like Joanne said, okay, then you start mm-hmm. gearing up. You start gear up for Christmas. Yeah. Advent, it's the time of preparation, coming of the mm-hmm. Lord. But when Christmas rolls around, oh, see, you know, Franciscans, you're always throwing me off track. I just got a question thrown <laughs> on my lap. Where did the crush come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> St. Francis, it's easy. We know. 
cursed live nativity. <laughs> Stop laughing over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and it's actually quite beautiful. Uh, Francis was so Saint Francis of Assisi was so devoted to the humanity that God took upon Himself that He didn't want the people to forget His love for us. So He had the first live nativity set. Now, if you ever have the opportunity, making a shout out plug here to make a pilgrimage to Assisi, make sure you visit the Church of Saint Mary the Angels. They have a side altar mm. dedicated to the nativity year long. It is magnificent. Beautiful place to pray. Saint uh, Franciscan University has and I it know. also. And so a lot Beautiful. of people know of the Portioncola to go and pray and adore the Lord. But uh-huh. just beyond the little chapel, they have that huge nativity up year long. Yep. It's such a beautiful place to pray. And that now, that's probably easier to get to because that's like two and a half hours from it Columbus. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful opportunities to consider. Um, and so, I mean, and the other thing is, make a, a shout out. If you don't have a Christmas crush or a manger scene or the crib, consider getting one for your home. There's, it's a very humbling experience to put up the manger, to realize it's this is beautiful. the scene. It's oh, powerful, absolutely. especially if you have little ones who visit. And yeah. even outside. You know, as we still have the freedom in our country to proclaim our faith on our own property, uh, do it. Yes. Do it. Well, I think, Father, as you talk about, um, really it comes up to the presentation for the Lord, which also, would you say, could end the Christmas season? Yeah, for the family life, it really can. Yeah, because you have the Christmas crib, and you take the you know the bambino Jesu, the baby Jesus, and you realize he's now been presented in the tomb, and that's a nice time to kind of, uh, if you're gearing up, you know, throughout mm-hmm. December, this is a nice way to to really in the family home, in the family life, just slowly bring it to a, a quiet pause, you know, as we prepare for ordinary time. Presentation of the Lord is also. A beautiful day. It's it's candle mass, so that's when candles are blessed, and mm-hmm. then of course the very next day is the feast of Saint Blaise, so that's when the throats are blessed with the candles that have been blessed mm-hmm. in memory of Saint Blaise, bishop and now, martyr. I have a question on about the candles. Mm-hmm. Do they have to be uh, all beeswax? No. So you can take your sure candles any candles that could you be would... blessed, and as long as you're going to burn them in the family home. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. It's usually the day that candles that are used at the altar are blessed uh, in many parishes. Now, would you. you just bring them to Mass and ask Father to bless them after Mass? You can. Or? You don't actually have to do it just on that day, though. I mean, that's okay. the day that's traditionally set aside for blessing because it was the presentation of the Lord. Baby Jesus has brought to the temple. The light of God has returned to the temple. So remember the prophetess Anna and then, of course, Simeon. They both were given these messages by the Lord that they would have the gift of seeing salvation return to the temple. And imagine, they saw the face of the Christ child. They saw the face Mm. of baby Jesus, and they realized the light of the world has come back to the temple. So we have the tradition of blessing the candles. Beautiful. You know, our prayers for everyone out there, hopefully through this segment on the Sacred Heart Hour on First Friday, is for you to really have a deeper understanding of how rich our faith is, and also to be able to enter into it not just by going to church, but by being in the home, to sanctify your home. And a way to do that is to have your home enthroned. And once it's enthroned, to continue, as our Lord mentioned, to continue to honor. Yeah. 
because I think, Father, what you've helped us today is understand the richness, mm. but it's also sure. to take it to our own. Yeah. And who would have ever thought, like, people ask us, well, how do I honor the Sacred Heart? Well, you're getting ready for Christmas. You're decorating your home. You're decorating your apartment, your condominium. You know, you put that little electric candle in your window. That, believe it or not, that could be a very powerful way of honoring the Sacred Heart. You know, Lord, just as in those days when our faith was persecuted and the priest had to flee under the cover of night and he was looking for a place where he could rest and offer Mass, this home, this is Bethany. Your heart has a home here. That little, that, that's an, actually a way of honoring the Lord, putting up the Christmas, cre- the, the Christmas uh, crib, the manger, the scene. That's a beautiful way of honoring the Lord, making sure he's at the center of the life of the home, not just us. And so you can go to our website, sacredheartcolumbus.org, to sign up. You can go and call 614-459-4820, or you can actually go to com, and that's SD, and sign up. And one of the things we mention is we have missionaries. We have 40 teams, 80 missionaries that go into homes. Wonderful missionaries. But if you have a situation with not wanting a missionary to come in your home, call us and we'll work with you because the key is to get your homes enthroned today. That's the objective. Get them home enthroned with the Sacred Heart. And particularly today in salvation history, Father. Right. It's not like this is an old tradition. No. It's very relevant to today. No, No, the Lord is never outdated. So if he's never outdated, how can his heart be outdated? And if, if he and his heart are never outdated, then why would you not want him in your home? Uh, you know, And I think you know, just drawing our attention to two more things that we need the heart of Jesus in order to fully appreciate and to be fully engaged. Uh, the month of January is for us, especially in America, a month of powerful prayer and reparation for the sins against life, especially the unborn. And at the end of this month of January, there will literally be hundreds of thousands of people making a pilgrimage of life to Washington, D.C., to stand up for the rights of the unborn, the most vulnerable victims in our culture today. You know, not all of us can go to D.C. Not all of us can make that pilgrimage to the March for Life. Uh, Likewise, here in Columbus, in our diocese, we host, uh, we are the sea city. So in Columbus, the capital of the state, there are rallies for pro-life rallies to commemorate, to pray and do reparation because of the uh, tragedy of Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court. And to think that the little ones are not protected in our culture, well, how do we make, where do we even begin? How do I begin as one person to reverse the effects of a culture of death? You begin by loving the Lord, the giver of life. And also the healing for the not just the mothers but the fathers right. yeah and the family yep uh, the healing from the heart of Jesus is there for them yeah and the forgiveness and the mercy and the love is there for them yeah that they're not left you mm. know with that horrible choice right that there's new life there for them and I think that's one of the beautiful things about the Sacred Heart. He doesn't hide his heart from us. Yeah. So when you see the image of the Sacred Heart, his heart is exposed for a reason. None of us are beyond or so far removed from his heart that we can't be forgiven. The other special uh, event that's coming up on that February 2nd, 
Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. It's a Sunday this year. And at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, Bishop Brennan's going to be offering Mass at 515, that Sunday afternoon. Because it's not only the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, it's also the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. So the bishop's going to be offering Mass at 515 at St. Joseph's Cathedral on February 2nd. Uh, as a special celebration for the gift of religious life in our diocese, priests, sisters, um, the consecrated. It'll be a beautiful opportunity. So if that's something that is uh, allowable in your schedule, please consider joining as we give thanks and praise for the gift of religious life in and our diocese. And look at how the Lord has blessed us. Very much so. With religious life yes. in our diocese. Yes. And uh, we all benefit from their prayers and presence, whether we know it or not, you know. Well, Father, everything leads up to the conferences, you know. <laughs> It doesn't stop on the presentation. No, no, it no. It doesn't stop on uh, the celebration at the cathedral. February 15th, the Women's Conference. And I know, Joanne, you're excited about that. Oh, so excited about that. I don't think they could have done a better job lining up a variety of speakers to inspire and even challenge us. And mark that on your calendar, but go ahead and register now. February 15th. Yep. And the early bird special. And then second of all, followed by the men's conference the following week, February 22nd. And again, as we went over in the first segment, the speakers were blessed with both speakers, but it's not just the speakers. No, it's the full day of being with faithful uh, Christians. And the sacraments. The sacraments all the sacraments, receiving Jesus, reconciliation, um, and then hearing the speak, but more importantly, the fellowship, and then yeah. the vendors. It's really That's everything. Huge. Yeah. So it's going to be a great two conferences this year. Join us on the 15th for the women or the 22nd for the men, and also invite somebody. Mm. I think that's the one thing we have to understand. People are waiting for that invitation, and we have to extend that invitation to others. And you'd be surprised, and I've been surprised. I've maybe invited people, and they haven't shown, and they haven't said anything. Yeah, and then don't about give up. Three years later, yeah, it's true. they come, yeah, and they said, why did I wait? So hopefully, um, but besides just great conferences, as Father, you mentioned, having the bishop this year is going to be special. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's a very blessed experience and one that recharges your batteries, especially as we head into the holy season of Lent. <laughs> as we come to a close in the second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Radio, we've given you a lot to consider, a lot to uh, mull over, Get if you will. Get excited about. You know, understanding <laughs> that even though it's the winter months and we're in the middle of January, or heading into January, I should say, uh, there's all these different feast days and opportunities for grace, opportunities for growth. And uh, every month, we have an opportunity to remember all of those different moments on the first Friday, a day set aside and dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's important that we just uh, share with you once again that this message isn't meant for a select few. It's, message, mm. it's meant for all of us. And it doesn't matter if you're priest, religious, married, single, lay, young, old. It doesn't matter. The, the Lord Jesus Christ wants to give his heart to every single one of us. And, and it's really talking a great about gift. giving the heart... Both conferences, we will have a table, the Sacred Heart table, where you can sign up, get more information, come and meet the people, the missionaries, feel comfortable 
uh, if that's a barrier for you to have your home and throne. But just say yes as a New Year resolution. Well, we wish you the Lord's blessings as we bring to a close this Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month of January, also the Feast of the Most Holy Name of Jesus. And we close in this prayer. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the benefits you have granted to us through the merciful love of your Sacred Heart. We are truly grateful for your gift of life, for the gift you have given to us of faith received in baptism when we were a child of your Father and heirs to heaven, when we received your own divine life in our souls. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Priesthood and all the other sacraments which which increase your life in us and for the gift of your Blessed Mother, whom you have given to us as Mother and Queen. Above all, good Jesus, we are grateful for the gift of your loving heart, the gift of yourself in the crib, on the cross, and in the Holy Eucharist. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.